Hello and welcome to Gimme Good News Radio, a broadcast service of gimmegoodnewsdaily.com. This from Mona Weatherly of the Custer County Chief. Thank you, Custer County. You put your best foot forward and didn't even know it. Recently, one of my husband's sisters came to stay with us. When I'd tell people she was here for three weeks, I'd see eyes widen and hear comments like, wow, how nice. It put me in a mind of way back when that people would go a visiting and stay not for days or even weeks, but sometimes months, but I digress. It was a very good three weeks, and I'm glad she came for a visit. It was great for her and my husband to spend time together and sort through family things and tell family stories. Yes, we had moments. However, they were far outweighed by the good times we shared and the things we got done. I often encourage my sister-in-law, who lived for years in California and now resides in South Carolina, to move back to Nebraska to be closer to us. I know my suggestion falls flat, but it doesn't stop me from asking. And it didn't stop a few things out here from making lasting impressions. First, the friendliness and helpfulness. When she carried packages into the post office in Broken Bow, not only did the clerks assist her at the counter, they helped carry the boxes. She said that never would have happened where she lived in California or where she lives now in South Carolina. Second, the grocery cart won her over with the excellent fresh produce and helpful clerks, and the rotisserie chicken at Gary's Superfoods made for more than one meal during her stay. She also saw the access we have to a wide variety of medical services at the local hospitals and clinics, as well as the many specialists who come to the local specialty clinics. Yes, scheduling can get hectic, but we can get most of what we need right here. When we do need to go somewhere else, our local health providers get us in touch with the right folks. Heck, even the weather put on the best of show, bringing warm temps in February and confirming her decision was right not to pack a heavy winter coat. Mother Nature was kind enough to hold off on the snow and ice until my sister-in-law was well on her way back home. But here's the piece de resistance. On Friday, March 4th, I was dashing from one place to another, running errands and getting groceries. I'm pretty sure I had with me a bill to mail. The envelope was stamped and addressed, and a pretty sizable check was inside. Now I can take all the credit in the world and say I mailed the doggone thing, but I have absolutely no memory of dropping it in the mailbox. Yet somehow the check made it to the intended recipient. Did I mail it or did I drop it in a parking lot or leave it on a store shelf? Did a good citizen come along, see it, and drop it in the mail for me? I like that scenario much better than my mind going blank on a routine errand. That act of kindness happened here in Custer County, and my sister-in-law was here to see it. Just one more way we here in central Nebraska do good things for each other. So thank you, Custer County and the surrounding area, for putting out the welcome mat and showing great things are here, even when we don't even try. From the Randolph Times, Oliver Tick considers his occupation to be adventurer, and his adventurers led him to Randolph last week as a rest stop on his walking journey from the southernmost tip of Argentina to the northernmost tip of Alaska, nearly 16,000 miles. The 38-year-old man from the central European nation of Slovenia said he likes the small towns like Randolph best and was especially intrigued by the business names here of Drunken Moose and Frozen Cow. I was like, what is it with this, he said, of the business names with a smile. His only other goal in exploring the town was to locate a pecan pie. He had his first taste of the nutty goodness traveling through Oklahoma and was eager for another bite. He was very thankful to have a good roof over his head while in Randolph, thanks to an available rental home owned by Lisa Govels. Tick recognized the adventurer life is not for everyone, and most people he comes across are incredulous to learn of where he's been and where he's headed. He tried his hand at a regular life, working ten years at a sporting goods store, and decided that was not the life he wanted to live. 
I don't like community wants, he said. Everyone thinks you have to grow up, get a job, have children, and have a family, and that's it. For me, that's a little bit different. His walking journey was most inspired by Jean Belleville, a Canadian who walked around the world 65 countries in 11 years to promote peace and nonviolence. I want to try this to see how this is. I want to show people the world is not a bad place. If you look for negative, you will find negative, Tick said. As opposed to Bellevue's journey, Tick enjoys GPS and convenience stores everywhere he goes. Tick originally set out to complete his journey from north to south in 2018 and made it to Colombia when COVID-19 pandemic forced him back home. He returned to Colombia to resume his journey last fall. He averages about 20 miles a day, but will have to step it up to be within walking distance of the Canadian border by the time the U.S. visa runs out on March 27th. His budget is $10 a day, and most of the time he camps and uses his small camp stove to heat canned food to eat. I'd rather be on the road and eat pasta out of cans every day than to be home with a full table of food. I don't need anything else but food and water and a safe place to put the bed, Tick said. He pulls a bike trailer on his walk, which stores his wares along with his dog, Carlitos, who he adopted off the streets in Peru. She's a little bit lazy for walking, he said with a smile. Tick's not a person that's prone to planning, so he doesn't think ahead more than a few days at a time, though he's seen some amazing scenery from beach, desert, mountains, and the plains. It's the people he's met along the way that has him walking on air. Most nice things happen when you don't expect them. When I'm walking, I don't expect people to be stopping. I've met really incredible people, he said. His most memorable experience in the United States so far was in Dallas. It was there that he was gifted tickets to see an NBA game and meet Luka Doncic, a Slovenia player who plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Doncic was nice enough to sign a jersey that Tick plans to take back home and auction for charity. But it's the everyday mile-upon-mile mile experiences that count just as much as the grand gestures, he said, like people inviting him, a stranger, into their home or offering another place to stay. It's the people who offer him food or even just kind words. It's the interaction with the people. It's amazing how much people want to help you, even when they don't know you, Tick said. That's what buoys him to continue his journey another 4,000 miles from Randolph to his finish point in Point Barrow, Alaska, with the hopes to reach his final destination by August. Although he's looking forward to reaching his destination, most likely it will be bittersweet. I will sure be happy that I reached my goal and was able to live my dreams. I'm also looking forward to seeing my friends after a long time, Tick said, but I will probably be sad because the trip will end. This is freedom that you cannot have at home. From the Hebron Journal Register, Steve Lindermith of Bruning has floated some miles, river miles, that is. The most recent trip was 2,723 in his custom houseboat. Smurf, the nickname he's well known by, describes himself as a woodworker, but he's somewhat of a captain, too, with an electric bicycle on board for fuel runs after he ties up at marinas. Some are busy on the weekends. It's usually $40 a night and you get laundry and a shower and some have courtesy cars for grocery shopping, Smurf said. In the houseboat he framed with pontoons, he has a sink, microwave, deep freeze, toilet, two beds, and a stereo with speakers inside and outside of the house. He also has all the navigational devices he needs, including a VHF radio to communicate with barges and the Coast Guard. Smurf watches television via an antenna or a hotspot. This year on Memorial Day weekend, Smurf headed out for another river trip that began at River Marker 498. That means it's 498 river miles to the Mississippi, Smurf said. 
I've been this route a few times and I knew when I got to mile marker 118 or 117 I would fuel up there in Chamoy, Missouri. He carries a 20-gallon tank and 12 5-gallon jugs and his bicycle has a trailer that pulls three 5-gallon jugs at a time. On the water, Smurf mostly eats food that he adds water to and this year he had a sponsor, Lazy Horse Brewing and Vineyard out of Ohio. They sponsored me and I did a little commercial for them, he said. Once he arrived in Chamoy, he knew he had about 117 river miles to the Mississippi where he had to cross into an eight-mile-long canal. I can't just take the Mississippi River for that eight miles. There's a chain of rocks that would tear my boat up, so I have to get over the canal and radio the lockmaster, Smurf explained. The locks either raise or lower vessels to make rivers more easily navigable. They put you in there, shut the door, and let the water out, and boom, you're in St. Louis, Smurf said. There are barges everywhere. There is just chaos. It would be nerve-wracking for someone who isn't used to it. He learned to navigate waterways mostly by doing. I did some things wrong a year or two before, but I know where to go now, he said. I went on the Mississippi all the way down to Baton Rouge a couple of years ago. Smurf keeps his family and friends updated on his travels with his camera and Facebook. After St. Louis, Smurf knows his next stop is in Cape Girardeau. On his travels, Smurf connects with other waterways like the Ohio River at Cairo, Illinois, where he cruised 60 miles upstream to Paducah and then on to the Cumberland River. Once you get past Paducah, there are a lot of marinas. I can go upstream for 25 miles on the Kentucky Lake off the Tennessee River instead of the Cumberland. There is a choice to be made at Paducah. This year, he went to the 190-mile Kentucky Lake and rubbed elbows with yachts at Green Turtle Marina. He also stopped at Paris Landing, which was a cheaper marina to stay at and connected to the Tombigbee River with its 12 locks. The lockmaster said he would put Smurf through lock four, but warned him there was a barge floating sideways and he wasn't going to get through for about a month. Smurf turned around and traveled back to Green Turtle. I was going to sit at the Green Turtle. Meantime, I've backtracked around 450 miles from the jammed up lock, but then somebody said I would get through three days later, so I went all the way back, Smurf said. He called his wife, Deanna, and told her he wanted to turn around. I backtracked and got through the 12 locks and ended up in Mobile Bay, Alabama. On the map, I could see I had to go southeast, and I nosed that baby all the way to Tombigbee. I hit 11 states, Smurf said. Mobile Bay is 60 to 70 miles. It got rough and found a good weather window to leave, he said. It takes 12 to 14 hours to make about 70 miles. Smurf has cruised 80 miles on his favorite, the Missouri, where he can click right along. He starts in the early dawn and goes until almost dark. I started looking for a place to park about an hour before dark. You don't want to be on the river at night. There are trees everywhere, he said. One night he was parked in the middle of the cottonwood trees, and there was a lot of debris floating on the river. During the night, a storm came up, and it was banking me around pretty good. I was right by Jefferson City, Missouri, and a tornado came through there. It cut a hole through the trees. The debris was on the water. That was pretty interesting, Smurf said. He recalled the flooding in March of 2019 and how it hindered river traffic in May when Smurf's trip was abruptly stopped. I got to Chamoy and had to get off. No one could go down the Mississippi. No barge traffic or anything, he said. He would like to go to a Cincinnati Reds game using the Ohio River to get there. He thinks it's about 550 river miles. That would take a while, he said. It would also take plenty of marine radio calls. Barge meeting a little houseboat. You got a copy? From the Omaha World Herald, 
Zoo-goers packed the elephant barn at Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium on Wednesday, hoping for a glimpse of the two newest and littlest members of the herd. They cooed and exclaimed as tiny elephants Eugenia and Sonny zipped around exploring the enclosure and following an adult elephant's footsteps. In about a year, another baby elephant will join the two youngsters. Lolly, who officials estimate as 10 or 11 years old, is pregnant with her first calf. So far, her pregnancy is pretty textbook, said Laura Kleinsmith, one of the zoo's veterinarians. Zoo staff have been regularly monitoring Lolly and her pregnancy. Callie, the baby's father, came to Omaha in 2019 from the Birmingham Zoo in Alabama. He also fathered Eugenia and Sonny. The third pregnancy is a huge step in elephant conservation, said Dennis Pate, the zoo's president and CEO. On average, Pate said, about two elephants are born in captivity every year. That's not enough to keep up with the average of four elephants that die in captivity each year. The Omaha herd's five female elephants came here in 2016 from Swaziland. That was done as a way to improve sustainability in the elephant population, Pate said. Here we are today saying we're living up to that promise that we're going to be a major player in contributing to the sustainability of elephants so that your grandkids and your great-grandkids will still be able to see an elephant, he said. The Omaha herd welcomed Eugenia, a female calf, in early January. She was born to 18-year-old Kiki. Weeks later, 12-year-old Claire welcomed Sonny, a male calf. Kiki's pregnancy was announced in October, seven months after zoo officials announced that Claire was pregnant. Kiki's pregnancy was a bit of a roller coaster for zoo staff. Claire's pregnancy was uneventful. Eugenia, who was born a few weeks earlier than expected, has needed a little extra care to be sure she packs on the pounds. At one point, Eugenia lost weight, which concerned zoo staff. Zoo staffers reacted quickly, and Eugenia is now consistently gaining weight. She's sitting at 238 pounds, and officials hope she crosses the 250-pound mark in the next week. Sonny, who weighs 292 pounds, has had no problem gaining weight. Both calves have been able to get outside and soak up the sun in the outdoor elephant enclosure. They've been exploring their environment, playing with balls, grabbing branches, and following other members of the herd. The calves have been curious about each other, too. Zookeepers saw the calves gently touch trunks. It was reminiscent of the way E.T. touches things in the movie, said elephant manager Sarah Armstrong. Kiki and Claire both are doing well as first-time moms. They've gotten some tips from the herd's matriarch, Jai, who has been a good auntie, Pate said. Keepers are working to make sure everyone in the herd gets along. Eventually, they plan to bring the entire herd together, including Kali. On Wednesday, some zoo visitors stood on risers in the elephant barn while children pressed against the railing to catch a glimpse of the calves. Eugenia explored the barn, sticking close to Kiki. Jai and Lali, along with Oma, who is Jai's daughter, snagged on branches scattered around the enclosure. Claire and Sonny hung out in the back of the barn, separate from the rest of the herd. The two calves and the pregnancy announcement are huge news for the U.S. elephant population, Pate said, and zoo staffers are proud of their first-time moms. From the Alliance Times-Herald, the Western Nebraska Community College Powerline Construction and Maintenance Technology Program recently helped a local veterinarian build and install three nesting boxes for eagles near Alliance. Dr. Thomas Furman of the Animal Center in Alliance first began the eagle nesting project three years ago, wanting to provide a refuge and nesting area for raptors in the area. The nesting boxes are perched atop of a power pole and filled with the nesting materials like branches and hay. 
It was a great experience working with the local lineman school, Furman said. The boys were eager. The day was cold. Shane, home on power line instructor, was awesome, and we got the job done. The power line program students helped install two nesting boxes on existing poles and dug in a new pole for a third box. The first two students in a bucket truck were lifted to the top of the pole to prepare the bracing for the nesting boxes. The second, two students with climbing gear, ascended the poles to prepare the bracing and then the bucket truck lifted the box to the pole and was attached. The third site, students used an auger attachment on a truck to dig in a new pole, attached the box while it was still on the ground and dropped the pole into the hole where it was tamped into place. For the power line students, it was a perfect opportunity to get real-world experience in real-world conditions. Temperatures were in the single digits with wind chills well below zero. There are types of conditions that the students will have to work in when they get a job, Holman, the power line construction and maintenance instructor said. When the weather is bad, power goes out, and that's when we have to go out. Furman said the various species of raptors can be seen year-round in the area and using the nesting boxes, with the most common being bald and golden eagles. Since the project first began, the site has hosted several private wildlife art organizations and events with the Carnegie Arts Center and Alliance Public School Foundation. They even hosted public tours during the 2017 solar eclipse. The nesting boxes are located on property owned by the Furman family about four miles northeast of Atlanta. Alliance. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us and look for us again at Give Me Good News Radio, a broadcast service of GiveMeGoodNewsDaily.com. <laughs>